Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one beneficial page of Talmud a day. Today's page, Eruvin 25, kicks things off with a sharp question. We all know what happens to a Jewish person's property when he or she dies. The Torah has a lot of detailed things to say on who inherits what and why. But what happens when a convert passes on and he or she has no Jewish relatives? At that point, the estate becomes hefker, or ownerless property, and may be redeemed according to very specific procedures, some of which are discussed in today's daf. But the question that daf raises goes far beyond the mere legalistic prescriptions discussed by the rabbis. It raises the issue of the relationship between Jews by choice and their non-Jewish families. What does it feel like for a non-Jewish mother or father when their child has chosen to abandon the religion of his or her birth and embrace Judaism instead? And what does it feel like for a Jew by choice when he or she has to tell mom or dad that from now on it's going to be Hanukkah, not Christmas? In 2019, on our sister podcast, Unorthodox, we ran our annual episode dedicated to conversion. And we asked Rebecca Cinnamon Murphy, a listener and a friend, to record an ongoing audio diary as she prepared to visit the mikveh and complete her conversion process. She touches on some of the points discussed in today's stuff openly and candidly. Have a listen. November 29th, 2018. I have begun seriously considering converting to Judaism. I know that it is not a fancy because I have already crafted the opening line of the holiday letter that I send out once it's done. It does not seem odd that after a woman has given birth to three Jewish children, she should in turn discover that she is, in fact, a Jew who has been raised as a Presbyterian. I have been becoming myself, scraping the schmutz off that the world and my family put on me. First, my divorce, and then dating all around, and then 15 years of therapy, and then there was a huge break with the past upon giving birth and having new things to care about. It makes sense that with all this liberation, I might find that my identity is not what I thought it was, that I'm a Jew. My mom's gotten better. She asked, are you ready to talk to me yet? I started to give her my spiel and she interrupted saying, I get that it's about your children. That makes sense. I clarified that although that was true, it was only part of the story. I said, I've been fighting with Christians so that they would be better, so that I can fit in. I just, I feel more comfortable as a Jew. I did reference the ugly duckling story saying that they thought they had been raising a Presbyterian all along. She expressed grief that she couldn't pass her Christmas dishes down to me. I had a thought that her Christmas dishes were just pine trees, so maybe we could use them for Tuba Shvat. <laughs> she didn't get the joke. Earlier in the day, we were discussing making chicken regularly for Shabbat, and she said, well, that's what they do, isn't it? I mean, that's what you do. That felt really good. I told my dad today, too. He responded as expected, supportive, caught off guard, deflective of his importance in the process, clearly reeling. So I just kept talking. <laughs> I told him that he might have some feelings. Grief was appropriate, bewilderment and confusion. I said that I would be willing to take him to talk with the rabbi. 
or just make some space to process things together. He said he couldn't imagine that being necessary. I floated the ugly duckling theory. He said he couldn't wrap his brain around thinking that way. I apologized for not finding a sports metaphor. We joked about him heading home to have a nap, which is his lifelong coping mechanism for stress. Interesting, a lot of people on the unorthodox page encouraged that if my soul felt Jewish, that was most important, or that my conversion was between me and God, not other people. I felt moved to call my sister-in-law to tell her yesterday. Part of it is that I have no idea how to tell my in-laws, and I want her advice, and she understands them socially better than Jacob does. I'm not ready for it to be a big announcement, but it's also not something that Jacob can just pass along on one of his weekly phone calls. Lisa was very excited, as I knew she would be. She said I would be a badass Jew. It made me realize they can't really be a badass Christian. So I got that going for me. She also affirmed that if anyone was going to make the decision based on a real understanding of what it entailed, rather than just because they were getting married, it was me. I'm super honored by that. We leave in two days for Syracuse for Passover. I have done no cleaning. Never have. That is an area of observance that I told Jacob he could do if he felt meaningful. I fantasized a little that maybe the next time we are home for Pesach, we'll do the whole shebang just once with the feather and the candle and all of that. So the kids have a memory of the experience. My father drove us to the airport this morning to go to Syracuse for Pesach. It was a small but awkward and a little sad moment when I hugged him and wished him a happy Easter, because we don't say that to each other. We use the spiritual greeting, he is risen, and then someone says, he is risen indeed. Easter is so much better when it's an affirmation of God's love for us, so powerful, death can't restrain it. Happy Easter just says, bunnies are nice. If everything that I have invested into Christianity, Christendom, and my relationship with God and the world through the story of Jesus is a gift from my past self, my current self gets to choose whether or not to accept it, cherry pick from it, or put it on a shelf. Certainly, my concept of living a spiritual life and seeing God in other people will continue to serve me as a Jew. Over the weekend at my niece's birthday party, I told my local siblings about converting. My mom fussed a little beforehand, asking if it was necessary. She doesn't like even the potential for conflict. Everyone was pretty cool about it. My Punjabi sister-in-law had the best question. What will change about your daily life because of this? I talked about family unity and energy and the appeal of Jewish spiritual disciplines. I'm a quilter, and the concept of Hidur Mitzvah really resonates with me. That's the idea that if you're going to make a ritual object, it should be as beautiful as possible to honor God. So I want to make my own talus. I did a little online research and I figured out a design. First, for the Atara, which is the collar that spells out the blessing, said while donning Talit, I found a printable PDF and will print it onto fabric and let my kids color in the Hebrew letters with fabric markers. Then there's a traditional quilt design called a tree of life that is constructed with many triangles. I'll make that for the predominantly blue stripe on each side. On the one side, it'll be straightforward, and on the other, I'll adjust the design so that when the leaves are constructed of brown fabric, they look like the roots of the tree. 
I'm so conscious of honoring my Christian upbringing and my parents. This is not a break with them. This is a flowering of what they cultivated. My dad called today because his serious radio played far from the home I love, from Fiddler on the Roof. I'm thinking of you! At first, I smiled but thought nothing of it because this is not uncommon for him. The first musical he ever saw was in 1968 on Broadway, and it was Fiddler on the Roof. He was profoundly affected. He was a huge jock, fresh from winning the NCAA baseball tournament as a college junior. He had no idea that something on a stage could even exist like that. There was a rotating set piece, and the emotions and music overwhelmed him. Consequently, I grew up with musicals as our family soundtrack, Chorus Line, Dreamgirls, and Fiddler. When I was 14, I won a lead in the school production as Huddle, the singing daughter. My dad was so proud that he bought a row of seats all three nights of the show and invited everyone he knew to see me singing Matchmaker and Far From the Home I Love. Eight years later, as a result of the Christian purity culture, I married the first man I slept with in a classic Chicagoland wedding with baked chicken and mastacholi. To prepare for the father-daughter dance, my dad brought several CDs to a dance studio so we could choose one and practice. He sobbed embarrassingly when the instructor played that solo from the original cast album, and she declared it a shoe-in. Over the years, he would occasionally run out the tape on my answering machine, playing the song and sniffling to share his sentimentality. (laughs) Although I wanted to reclaim the song as belonging to my father and me for my second wedding to a nice Jewish boy this time, the band leader suggested that he could do a lovely and non-schmaltzy version of Sunrise, Sunset. Last week, I told my pious, Jesus-following father that I was pursuing conversion and that his grandchildren would now be raised in an exclusively Jewish home. This week, he called to celebrate hearing our song on the radio, the one that goes, Who could see that a man would come and change the shape of my dreams? I think we're going to be okay. I'm trying to walk. No, no, no. no, you don't walk. Yeah. But we are going to hear. So we got to make sure that we're listening. Do you, you want to try your mazel tov? We need those boys to come back and sing with us. Everyone more boisterous. Bigger voices. I'm a penguin. What do short ladies do? Stand on the bottom steps. Okay. <laughs> or children. <laughs> okay. All set. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. I'm going to lower the tone. I know that. You can feel the warmth of the water from the surrounding you. I'm going to ask the permission of the bank team for you to begin your emergence. Uh, members of the bank team, may Rebecca begin her version? Yes, she may. Thank you. Baruch Atah Adonai, Eloheinu Melech Haolam. Asher Kidshanu B'mitzvotah Amen. Wonderful. You may Jacob? Yeah. Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech Haolam 
Shekhianu, Vikiamanu, Begianu, Zman Hazet. Amen. That was Rebecca Cinnamon Murphy, super listener and friend of Unorthodox. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoy this show, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafiomi. I'm your host, Leah Liebowitz. Our producer is Josh Cross, and our editor is Paul Ruest. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic, and we'll see you again soon.